Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Rugby Union Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy. Joined again this week by Liam O'Brien. Liam, how are things? Not too bad now, Mark. Not too bad. Very good. Uh, I suppose in this episode, folks, uh, we'll review the Irish Interprovincial Derby uh, between Leinster Rugby and Munster Rugby in the Aviva. We'll also look at Connacht's uh, comprehensive 36-14 win over Scarlet's at the sports ground on Friday night. We'll also review round seven of the URC action. There's another interprovincial up for decision at Towan Park where Munster Rugby play Ulster Rugby. And we'll also look at some contract news and loan signings from Munster Rugby given the injury-stricken plight of the side. Suppose, Liam, let's focus our attention to the Aviva Stadium on Saturday night. What was your overall impressions of the game? And I suppose, secondly, the Munster Rugby performance. Yeah, well, my, my overall reading game maybe is different than a lot, a lot of Munster supporters who seem to think it was some sort of heroic performance uh, and claim the moral victory again. Like, it was just very disappointing, to be honest with you, you know? I mean, what we can take out is how strong defensively Munster were for for 60 minutes. And and there was also some very good Canva performances there. But like at the end of the day, the result was four tries to one. And it was like pretty much double scores. Well, actually, it was double scores. So we have to kind of look at it in that context as well. And the fact that a lot of it was down to two that they fluffed a number of try-scoring opportunities, um, as well as, of course, Munster getting uh, two yellow cards. So that all has to be kind of put into that performance. Yeah, I suppose full-time score was 27-13 here, Liam. I, you can't fault the players that went on duty for Munster Rugby on the night. You know, as I said, the defensive reads, elastic tackling, particularly in that first half, outstanding you can say all you want about Leinster fluffing lines here, but I thought the pressure that Munster put on and actually absorbed, particularly in that first half, was very impressive because Leinster did start quite strong. Um, you know, we held Leinster out for good phases of the early opening quarter. Um, I suppose, Neem, we can go to the scores. I mean, Sexton had missed a penalty. Carberry had missed a penalty. Carberry scores um, a long-range penalty to make it 3-0. But uh, I suppose we get to the first probably sin bin here, uh, Liam, with Keenan Knox. Uh, he's clear out of James Ryan. Any arguments there in terms of the yellow card? No, no, couldn't. Couldn't really say that. I mean, he, he went high and it was like almost shoulder. There certainly wasn't too much of a, of a kind of an arm or any sort of a, a kind of a tackle kind of situation there. So like, like... You know, it, it was it was a yellow. There was no nothing dirty, honestly, or or malicious to it. But I like you know, I I would have to say absolutely yellow all day. Yeah, indeed. You know, I suppose you have to compliment Knox. He was probably the first guy at the breakdown to support John Hodnett uh, in the breakdown area. But yeah, I suppose it's a fair call from Andrew Brace. Uh, to be fair, uh, no real complaints. And Leinster capitalised. Uh, with the extra man, Scott Penny scoring from close range on 27 minutes. You know, they really did make the hard yards off that five-meter scrum. And Johnny Sexton converting to make it 7-3. But I suppose, Liam, again, more resilience was shown straight after that. Uh, Caelan Doris being pinged at the breakdown. And Joey Carberry making it 7-6 after 34 minutes. So, again, there was a bit of dog. There was a bit of fight in that Munster rugby performance, even though they were living off scraps. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There was. There was. 
I suppose, look, if you look at it, in the, again, the first 20 minutes, Leinster had all the ball. And, and as I said, like, you know, they, they were they were just probing for that kind of that leak in the defence. But, like, again, you know, you know you'd have to give credit to Munster. It held up extremely well. Um, and it was very, very, very strong line. And, yeah, so then, you know, I suppose, look, over all the first half, there was nothing in it score-wise. Munster were, were actually quite good at scrum time, I have to say. Um, and then, of course, we had the Klein yellow card there, uh, 37, 38 minutes. And for me, again, there's absolutely nothing malicious. He was actually jumping in the air, trying to, to kind of block down the ball. So the ball was, the ball was coming over. And I, to be honest, he, he, he wasn't too far away from getting it. But then, you know, we had Osborne just kind of almost run into him. So there was absolutely nothing nothing mean in that whatsoever. It was just, I suppose, like a, a kind of a straight yellow, not a straight red anyway. Yeah, I suppose the way how collisions have gone and how being interpreted in across grounds across Northern Southern Hemisphere, my heart was in my mouth a little bit when I saw the collision between Klein and Osborne, but uh, like Jamie Osborne, it's just literally a straight line here, hasn't it? And I mean, you can say about protection of the player here, which is obvious. Jamie Osborne actually will have to be withdrawn due to, you know, head injury. But I mean, it's a bit unfortunate. I don't think, you know, from a John Klein perspective, you know, if you're basically in the air, I don't think you can really affect your, you know, your direction or anything like that. So I think it was maybe a very unfortunate incident here. Um, Again, Sinbin for Klein. Um, I know a few Leinster fans in the ground were definitely looking for a red card, and I suppose. Again, I think Munster kind of hold out here, 7-6. And then, astonishingly enough, uh, we go in front on 46 minutes, courtesy of Liam Coombs. And that, and that was a, a, a beautiful worked try there. Yeah, so we had, we had I suppose, look, big Gavin Coombs actually with an absolutely smashing kind of kind of loop pass over, or a loop pass out to Liam Coombs, and uh, he took his try extremely well. And, you, yeah, I mean, that was a tremendous start to the second half. And, again, we have to remember the two yellow cars were in a row, so we're effectively over yeah. 20 minutes <laughs> there, like, you know, with, with 14 guys. So that also has to be taken into account how, how I suppose, well that, that went. Um, so then we had, you know, we were 13-7 um, and, and things were looking good. And even right the way through until the 60 minutes, so we had um, Sheehan powering over there to bring it back. Um, and then I think Leinster went in front there for the first time, maybe 50 minutes. Exactly. I suppose going back to Liam Coombs' try, I mean, you have to applaud the Munster defensive effort again, the setup. There was, you know, must fire in the Leinster attacking line here. All credit to Jack O'Donoghue, but the boot to ball anyway. Asked uh, Leinster a few defensive questions here, and I thought John Hodnett. The one thing we have to say from the weekend here is, at least we saw the young players get a chance against Leinster rugby, a very star-studded Leinster rugby team. And to be honest, for the team, the young players, they've really stepped up. I mean, John Hodnett, you know, showing his pace. He made yeah. great ground there before the Gavin Coombs swung that pass out to Liam Coombs on the left. To he score. hit two, two good carries, actually, in, 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 in that try. try. Two, two great carries. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so the young guys really didn't let themselves down their team down. I mean, it's just, as you say, you've nailed it in the head here. You've Knox, you've Klein, you've two yellow cards back to back. That's going to bite you, particularly in that last quarter. And 
let's be fair about it, Liam. When we're looking at the benches, that Leinster bench, you know, you're taking on the likes of Andrew Porter, guys of that ilk. There's a big turnover from Porter as well. They're just after 13-7 to put Leinster on the front foot, setting up that Dan Sheehan try. And, I mean, Leinster really didn't look back after that, did they? With that uh, Dan Sheehan try, nothing that Conor Murray can do from on the try line with Dan Sheehan's coming against you. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And and I mean, also I suppose look, I, to me, what what also was key was uh, Carberry went off there, you know, uh, with an injury as well, and that 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 all affects things, you know. Leinster, Leinster really didn't have any any worries there with with Sexton, um, and then I suppose I would I would Healy came on, and we had Coombs going off, Campbell replaced him. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen. Um, Jack Crowley, who did so well actually in a, in the back three in a full back, um, given him about twenty minutes there would have been good good to see as well. Exactly, um, probably an interesting take. I know in our preview we'd like to have seen Kieran Frawley and Jack Crowley, but both did impress at full back as well. It just shows both players' versatility. I agree with you there, but I suppose Ben Healy's on the bench looking maybe for his big boot here to get a few touch finders, but never rematerialized. Maybe this can come in against Ulster Rugby. That might be an option here. But uh, can we go to the Luke McGrath try here on 61 minutes? I mean, as you mentioned here earlier, this effectively was the end of the game, uh, really. But your thoughts on that, particularly the rolling mall, and also probably how easy Luke McGrath got over. Because he still had plenty to do here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean look, look, it was a good rolling ball, but it was like... A, at the end, he had he had no opposition. Like he he got over the line, just plunked down like so easily. Um, I don't know. I just I I still can't figure out how he how he how he how he scored. I genuinely can't. Like, um, but like like he was still he was still in the balance at that stage. It was still going only going to be like nine ten points in at that stage. And actually, Munster attacked well after that. And I thought that that was actually the 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 key point in the game. There was that that last seven or eight minutes after that. Munster had their best attacking opportunities in the entire game. And and they, you know, they actually turned down, I suppose, a penalty and went down the line. And um, when, you know, I suppose, I don't know, maybe it was too early to say, <laughs> look for a losing uh, try, you know, uh, try bonus loss. But um, I think that there that uh, we actually had Leinster, Got a, a a real good turnover there um, on almost seventy minutes, and that was that to me was the key the key um, thing there. It was well, yeah, Leinster also got a good scrum with Porter as well. Oh yeah, sure, Porter absolutely destroy you know destroying that scrum uh, you know to earn that scrum penalty. But I was happy to see Munster really kind of go for the juggler here. You know, it would have been very easy just to take three points. But they did show a bit of adventure, a bit of ambition, tried to test Leinster out defensively. Some may say that's foolhardy, but I think to be fair with Healy's boot, you know, it was a great touch finder here as well. But I think, you know, we know with Leinster, their defence is top notch. And again, it was from a Munster perspective here, tried to put a few a bit of variation on it. But again, it was the line speed of Leinster here was really kind of crucial here. And I suppose tired bodies from Munster as well. You know, that kind of explosiveness off the line to pick up a ball. It wasn't really there in close quarters in that key stage. I suppose, again, Liam, talking about injuries, kind of mentioned it there about Jan Klein, Liam Coombs, Joey Carberry. 
Jack O'Sullivan as well suffering a knee injury in the aftermath of that scrum. And such is the uh, the injury crisis at Munster that um, Scott Buckley <laughs> came into the side in the back row. So, I mean, it really does say an awful lot in terms of this ever-increasing injury list here uh, for Munster Rugby going into next weekend against uh, Ulster Rugby. Yeah, but again, I mean, I mean, sometimes you tactically just question what the coaches are at because we had Jeremy Lockman switching over to tight head prop. The, arguably the most crucial scrum where, where Porter did pummel, you know, the tight head, as it was. I mean, we, ha- we had a young French in the bench. I mean, I, I think you would definitely have done better than, than, than Lockman, you know. So the, all these things come into play as well. It, it's 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 hard to see young French re- recover, quite frankly, from that. Uh, in, in addition to, I suppose, look, there's a new t- another tight head signed as well. So, but yeah, I mean, look, Jack O'Sullivan, extremely unlucky. He's out injured again for 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 what could be a long term injury, and the injuries are mount the injury list is mounting for us now at this stage, and um, going into the Ulster game. But like, I suppose Leinster, they can they can afford a bit more injuries they've they've, they've a a much bigger quality squad as well i think it's how you game manage your squad you know the workload i think a few of the monster players that are now in the injured treatment room probably getting more minutes than anticipated and i think it's coming home to roost i think i saw a stat on twitter there that 26 monster squad players were either unavailable or injured for that leinster rugby game that is an astronomical number going into round six of a league campaign so i would hope anyway sincerely from a management perspective i know they're evolving they're just in the door but i think they need to also reflect in terms of workload here in terms of training sessions in terms of game minutes that they are giving guys that squad rotation is key um leinster have been very good in doing that you could see that with jason jenkins he did come on um you know from the start against munster he um had reduced game uh, particularly in sports ground. I don't think he featured. So it's, again, you know, managing your players accordingly. And, you know, quite a few of these injuries here from Munster, you know, have been kind of uh, perhaps um, kind of maybe preventable, uh, just given workload. Maybe the training sessions have been upped in intensity here in the University of Limerick. I don't know, uh, Liam, but it just seems quite a quite an increased injury list and we always see this muster rugby either at the start of the season or during the key april may that there is an extended injury list here so i'm just not quite sure what's happening here within that camp when you compare it to other provinces yeah but denmark it, it knocks on then the, the fact the effect is you always see come as you said april may Leinster and ulster have all their top players available and we have half our squad missing so there's always something on there and it's not just now. It's it, I, I, like let's say last season as well. In terms of the strength and conditioning, it has to be uh, questioned why these kind of soft tissue injuries are happening. Why there's so many more hamstrings? Why, why there's these ACLs it, that's continued into this season? And it's another question, I suppose, is is is, is it the kind of the, the the style of play that Munster have had over the last few seasons has that contributed? As you said, like the, the what they're doing in terms of the training and the intensity of the training as well, and is it all that combined, um, is leading to a situation where we're going to struggle to have a bench, certainly this weekend. Yeah, we're really kind of getting into the academy players now, aren't we, Liam? At this stage, I mean, the the medical report again, Jack O'Sullivan, the injury, 
looks uh, looks a serious one. All the best for Jack O'Sullivan and his recovery there. Liam Coombs, hamstring. Tom Hearn, shoulder. Jean Klein going for a scan on a rib injury. You know, there's eight Munster players going to be selected for that Bank of Ireland Nation Series uh, to Dublin um, this week. So I think from that perspective, you're kind of looking at the numbers again and heading into that Ulster rugby game here uh, this weekend. Probably delicately poised here. Particularly yeah, the only good thing is, I mean, there are guys coming back. He likes to, like to Haley and uh, Zebo will be coming back into the team there. So that, that's good to see. And, you know, we still have actually quite a good front row. So we're going to have probably going to see Rowan Salanoa is going to be back. I'd like to see himself and, and Baron um, and Kilcoyne in the front row. That's not, that's not too bad. Probably a bit light there in the second row, hoping that Dogba tries to get back for the weekend. Um, and, yeah, also in the, in, the, in, in the back row, I guess we just had the bare, the bare three players to select from at this stage. Exactly. So it'd be interesting to see even is likes of a Peter Mahoney, Ty Byrne, um, what's their status as well. Um, it is looking ominous enough in terms of the injury count, but again, it may be another opportunity for the academy players and the young players to really impress here. Um, again, I can see Patrick Campbell probably getting some extended game minutes here uh, against Ulster Rugby as well. So it, it is interesting. And I mean, Ulster Rugby coming in here in the backdrop of Last weekend, the postponement in South Africa, uh, the virus that hit their camp and their medical staff and backroom staff for that matter. I think it's an intriguingly poised game here where you have one side really counteracting and you know battling with injuries and another team which are trying to recover from a, a virus outbreak. So I don't know how the form line is going to go here, Liam, on Saturday evening, quite brutally honest. Yeah, because, because I suppose the thing is, Ulster have in that in a sense been well rested as a squad, but also if you have a gastroenteritis, I mean you're, you're going to not have done any tr- much training in, the, in in two weeks either. Um, so in terms of match match sharpness, so we may have a bit of luck on our side in 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 that sense. Now Ulster will, could could actually name maybe a a, a a kind of quite a strong side as well because let's be honest about it, they don't have an awful lot of guys play for Ireland. Or even for Iron D. So if you combine what we have facing us with our our guys going off to Iron D uh, and full international, yeah, um, it's it's intriguing. But it, it's it's for us if we get the bonus point win if we if we pick up four or five five points. I mean, we're back in the pack then. We really are back in the pack. Otherwise, Ulster are home and host if they if they get the victory. They're uh, so it's it's yeah it's it's intriguing it's it's a must win bonus point win. Yeah, I think for both teams it, it certainly must win. I mean, like Leinster six from six, twenty eight points. They're up, up and away. I think they're they're gone here, Liam. Uh, to be perfectly fair, I think Ulster rugby should be seeing this in Tom Park as a massive opportunity to come down to Limerick and get a, a result. And if we could get a result here, uh, Liam, it's a massive, massive statement in terms of maybe securing one of those kind of top two or three berths. I mean, you have the Bulls there as well, Stormers. There could be a potential here for a few of these teams in the top really to kind of break away, get a distinct gap in here. As you say, Munster currently on 11 points, two wins, four losses. Yeah, it's definitely key. I think first off, let's get a performance going again. 
let's see if we can get a little bit more front football here, a bit more attacking ball, and you know, bonus point can take care of itself. I would just be looking for the young guys again to impress. Ulster will come with a bit of a strong squad if, and that's a big if in terms of this gastroenteritis outbreak has been mitigated here from an Ulster rugby perspective. But um, yeah, I think for Munster, if they can get to the November block of Test Match Internationals with three wins, four losses in the chasing pack, they have fixtures then coming up likes of home to Connacht at the end of November getting a few more wins, staying in that chasing pack, I think it'll be key to get bodies back to then hit the festive period with a bit of gusto. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I mean, it's very much all to play for. And we're, we're not quite, you know, the bot down the bottom in, in the kind of the zebra kind of scarlet kind of zone, you know. So we have to put a bit of perspective on this. There's a lot of teams that are in that, that mid-zone still. I'm definitely hoping for a good performance and a good win and, you know, preferably get the four tries as well yeah exactly and i think what will be intriguing like we're recording this midweek here ladies and gentlemen it would be very intriguing to see who actually plays at 10 because given that carberry was withdrawn uh with injury concerns is this an opportunity now for jack crowley to come in fresh off his emerging ireland tour exploits to really kind of lay down a marker here uh for the rest of the season i think he may be given opportunity here at 10 and uh, not saying anything about ben healy here but i think if the RFU are really looking at Jack Crowley, he will be playing some game then as a 10. But he did impress at 15 uh, for Munster last weekend. But I, I, as you can see, halfback, that's his position. So it'd be very interesting. And I think from an Ulster perspective, it would be just interesting to see what squad they actually turn up to Limerick with. If it's gastroenteritis and it is serious as it is, it could be a depleted squad here, uh, Liam, which may bode well for Munster. But still, Munster have to produce a performance here. They, were, they lived off virtual scraps against Leicester Rugby. I mean, the fact that Joey Carberry only had eight passes during that cameo really does say an awful lot. He wasn't really an influential factor in that game. really indicated to me that he was starved of possession. So I think, Clean, we just... Munster's performance levels, even they were so good defensively, we have to show up on the other side of the ball on Saturday. Yeah, and look, all I can remember is last season when... We were also a bit apprehensive, to be honest about it, about facing Ulster, and it was pretty much a first choice Ulster team. And we had we produ- we pulled out a really top quality performance. So I, I I'm actually in a in a way I, I'm 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 confident that the performance is going to match what's required on Saturday, and that that we're going to come away with something to be to be quite happy with. I'll just take the win right now, Lim, from my perspective. Let's get the win. Let's get the third win under the belt. Then we have a few weeks then to really nurse a few bodies back to full fitness. And I think management then will have to reflect in terms of, as I said, I'll repeat myself, the workload in terms of the training sessions, the intensity of it. I think they do have a block of weeks here where they could literally, you know, really hammer home their ethos. But again, you need fit players for that. And I think maybe... Uh, I think management will need to reflect on these first seven games and even pre-season and the conditioning, strength and conditioning that's gone on because the amount of injuries I think here, it can't continue really. I think it's uh, got to be kind of uh, a good route and brand review here from the playing staff, the management, backroom staff here to really kind of get up to the levels come November. 
Yeah, to be honest, Mark, too, like, I mean, David Corkery had had a good uh, article today in, in The Echo where he was questioning just the quality of player that Munster have. For me, there's definitely some smashing talent altogether at Munster. I mean, this Rohan Quinn, bloody hell, <laughs> you know, mm. where did they get him? Um, Hodnett was outstanding, you know, he, he he's a really good player. Um, you have a Dogbo, you have a Hearn, O'Connor and, and Crowley. But it's just, I suppose also we need to get more of those quality young guys in the team. Exactly. And you only do, I was actually secretly delighted that these young guys were getting a chance to play in the Aviva against Leinster, one of the top sides in Europe, even World Rugby, against a star-studded side, to really pit their wits against these top-class test match operators. And to be fair to them, they all really impressed. So... I think that's probably, you know, the comments, yeah, fair enough. But that's been probably there for the last decade, decade and a half here, Dean, since Leinster's dominance, that there has been a decline, I think, in terms of the player talent or the skill set somewhat. Maybe we've been punching above our weight a little bit, getting to these European Champion Cup semifinals a little bit. I think we just need to be realistic and give these young guys a bit of a bit of an opportunity same at Roundtree, same at Leamy, same at Prendergast. They're only in the door. I think they're trying to build something here. And really, if they're going to focal, focus on guys, the likes of Quinn, likes of Hotness, guys, Patrick Campbell, Scott Buckley's, these guys have to be given game minutes. And if it is a case of season and transition, then so be it. But we have to identify these guys and see who makes the mark, who doesn't. So I think it's going to be, I think it'd be fascinating from a muster perspective how they get on this season, because I think the team selection, the young guys are going to have to be given maximum minutes, given with six nations just coming around the corner. So I think an awful lot of these young guys will grow and evolve as we get near and nearer to the new year and into February and March. Liam, we might talk about Munster, the contract news and also loan signings as well. Yeah, in, ter- in terms of Johnny, look, he, he's really needed. He's really needed now. You know, with Archer out injured, Sano's going to be away for a month anyway, at least with Ireland Day, possibly covering Ireland uh, itself, with third choice, tight head. And yeah, and, and obviously they're, they're not trusting in, in young French because they left him on the bench for 80 minutes. So yeah, that that's kind of it, like, isn't it? Um, But I'm delighted to, to see him back. We do need a player of his undoubted quality. He's going to be needed right through until the, the end of the New Year period. So covering all those key games, the likes of the, the Leinster game, the likes of the, the Heining Cup games, home and away, you know, that that's what he's there for. It's, that's the bread and butter for us this season. And I'm so happy he's there. I would just quite kind of uh, say that I was a bit disappointed that he got till January, you know, for a guy who's a professional player now being let go by, by Wasps, for any of those guys, you'd think that any of those guys, right, would get signed on like until May, until the end of the season. So they have that financial uh, security. In tar- also, I'm delighted to see uh, young uh, Ollie Morris, uh, so highly rated as a player. He was under um, 20s for Ireland in 2019. Um, so he's Irish qualified and he was actually first choice for Worcester Warriors at outside centre. Uh, he can also play across the back line. So it's it's an excellent signing, really, for, let's be honest, we were a bit lightweight there in terms of centre. So delighted with that. Yeah, I think the Ollie Morris one is a very shrewd and astute move. I think a realisation, given the Chris Farrell situation, that now three quarters definitely need a revamp. 
and a bit of a kind of a boost in terms of squad depth. Ollie Morris has been very impressive, was very impressive for Worcester Warriors, took his opportunities superbly well. This is a guy that was very highly rated within the Saracens setup as he was starting his professional career. He went to Hamp Hill to win the League One Championship in 2018-19 and was given massive plaudits. Moving to Worcester Warriors, we know what's happened to Worcester. But again, as you say, and ever present in that outset centre position, which is somewhere we're probably looking at, uh, Liam, you know, for that explosive power. He has a great defensive game read as well. And as you say, versatility and the back three as well. So I think we have, I can see why the end of the season. I think with John Ryan, is there a situation here where both parties are just gauging how, it go, how it's going here? I suppose given some media comments, you know, Colin Inches, John Ryan, in terms of an interview leaving Munster, maybe there's a little bit of kind of seeing how the relationship will emerge and progress. Obviously, there's the Joker kind of deals as well in France, maybe after the new year. But I suppose the good news for John Ryan is back at home. He's back in Munster. Family is still in Munster. So I think from that perspective, you know, he can knuckle down, focus on his rugby, get match fit, contribute to the side. Again, Stephen Archer's going to be out long-term here with the ankle injury. Surgery was, you know, that was performed this week. So send our best to Stephen. But, I mean, that's a long road back. So I think given the front row options here, there's going to be Six Nations and also Ireland A permutations here. I can see John Ryan potentially being here for the rest of the season here, Liam. I can't see how they can let him go come January 1st, uh, given our squad depth issues at the moment. Yeah, and, and as I said, I, I was proud to think of myself, being honest with you, that he get an extension, like a two-minute extension, until the end of the Six Nations, you know? But, you know, again, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. But to be honest with you, like, John Ryan, I'd have him startling in all those key high-making games and, and, and those key URC games. I mean, this guy is going to he's gonna lock down the scrum for guaranteed, you know? So it's, it's Jesus, kind of super, super news to hear. Yeah, no, no brainer. He's such an excellent scrummager, great scrum operator. And to be fair, you know, from a Munster rugby perspective, given that image of that Munster pack going backwards in that scrum penalty in the second half, I think a call to John Ryan and his agent had to be done as a matter of urgency. So, look, it's great to have John Ryan back. Again, I think he's available for selection this weekend against Ulster. So, he will be featuring in some shape or form. So, and I think he'll be delighted, John Ryan, to be even back on a training paddock, really, after a very, I'd say, unsettling few weeks. Um, I suppose the contract extensions here, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's all about forward planning and the likes of of Nash and you know, obviously by extension, the likes of Daly as well in Campbell. I mean, let's be honest about it. At the end of the season, I'd say Erzy is going to be retiring. Zebo may not get an extension to to his contract. Um, so I, so they're, they, these guys are going to come right into the, into the team, never mind into the squad. And Nash's form is such that he is now in for iron selection and his real life option. So it's, yeah, it's tremendous to see. And like Tom Ahern's ceiling is <laughs> quite frankly to the moon, you know, Him, himself and a dog bat looks like already look, look, looks like it could be a very tasty partnership. And obviously you have young, you have young, young Owen O'Connor there as well. And Finneen Witchery, Finneen has always been excellent at covering anything in the, in the back row and also um, at line out. Um, so he's an excellent squad uh, member. 
And it's great to basically demonstrate our tying up these guys and they're not they're not losing any. They're not best thing you think. They're not losing any abroad because, you know, some of the, the French and English clubs could be thinking about snapping up some of these guys. I think the age profile on those contract extensions really does excite me. We're we haven't seen the best of any of those three guys really effectively, Liam. So the fact that they're tied down to an additional two two seasons after this season are huge. I think Calvin Nash, massive favours on that emerging Ireland tour to South Africa. It was a, a good experience for him. And I think Simon Easterby saw firsthand the talent and potential that Calvin Nash has. He's shown his schools, he's shown his potential with Munster Rugby on that tour. And again, hey, presto, we got a two-year contract extension deal two to three weeks after that emerging Ireland tour. I think Tom Hearn, Finney and Witcherly, I think it's the versatility there of Finney and Witcherly as well. You know, he can do back row, second row. Tom Hearn, as you say, look... Look at the attributes of the player. Going another year, two years, going to be an absolute season test match operator. You know, you look at Joe McCarthy, particularly in that Leinster setup. I would rate Tom Hearn uh, around that level as well. And he'll only improve if he gets more game time with Munster Rugby. Saying that, he got withdrawn with the shoulder injury. Hopefully it's not too serious here, Liam. But we'd like to see Tom Hearn get more and more game minutes here under his belt. Like Finney Witcherly is 80 plus caps uh, for Munster right now look at his edge profile. So I think it really does bode well for Munster Rugby that they tie down these young guys because who knows, disaster, worst case scenario, Challenge Cup. I, I don't want to be speculating here, but is there one or two marquee guys on contracts with Munster going to be transferred to clubs that are going to be in Champions Cup next season? So there is that element here as well. I don't want to be doomsday merchant here, but I think from a Munster uh, perspective, they have to tie down an awful lot of their young talent that are going to be here for the two, three, five years going down the line. So look, it's very positive news um, all in all. Liam, we might switch from Munster to Connacht Rugby. Connacht after they had a decent performance against Leinster. Look, it was a blood and thunder interpro. They faced Scarlets in sports ground on Friday. It was really a must win game for them to keep any kind of hopes or ambitions in the USC alive. 36-14 win against the Scarlets, securing that bonus point. It was, a, I thought, a very, very workmanlike performance uh, against Connacht, against the Scarlet's team that were a bit wayward, to say at least. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought it was an incredibly comfortable. It was it was as the scoreline suggested, something like 36-14. It, it literally was that comfortable, you know, um, particularly in the second half. Now, the Scarlet's again, you know, they, they are quite a discipline this season. They, they got two yellow cards, which certainly didn't help. But um, Connacht scored a number of nice tries, I must say, in the second half particularly. Yeah, I mean, the pattern straight off, didn't they? Niall Murray I've been very impressed with from Connacht this season, the second row. Now with Gavin Thornbury, they've formed a massively impressive um, partnership here. I mean, you consider like Josh Murphy. Niall Murphy, Murray has really impressed me. And I mean, he's um, he's try after only a minute, really, did kind of give the home support a great boost here. I mean you know, put Scarlets briefly on their toes. Now, in fairness to Scarlets, they did kind of respond back with a penalty. Carty as well with a penalty as well. But to be fair um, to Scarlets, did look a little bit disjointed. Maybe it was due to the late withdrawal of Lee Halfpenny as well just before kickoff. Johnny McNichols switched to full back. Corey Balding drafted in the wing. But I suppose... And to be fair, to be fair from full back, Johnny McNichol and a tremendous line break, you know. Massive. For Steph A. O. Evans to get over, and that was it pretty much they were level at that stage, you know? Yeah, it all. Like, I mean, McNichol, open field, good looking thanks. Don't have your defensive uh, system set up against Johnny McNichol. 
uh, you're in for a rude awakening. But I mean, in fairness to Connacht, I thought a very composed um, performance, really. Um, again, Mac Hansen on the end of a good move in the corner. And I, I don't think they ever looked back. I know Paul Boyle got a yellow card for an illegal dump tackle. But again, again, another try. Um, really try, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just, they built the phases. They got dominance. They really built territory, built the phases. Their cohesion was much more improved, I thought, than in recent weeks. I know Reese Patchell did cut the lead to 24-14 with a 60-minute penalty. But again, to be perfectly fair, it was all connect from there on out david hawkshaw's kick before the penalty try we had we had the two yeah scars of course got in their got her two yellow cards in in, in that period yeah. and hansen's hansen's uh second try as well yeah capped it off with a superb try there you know the jack carty the kick the chipped kick in behind granted uh and to be to be fair i in 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 many respects it was a wonder try i see i still i'm not sure i watched about 10 they watched it about 10 times on telly like who actually got got there? You know, who actually got the ball? It was it was pretty much fifty fifty. But um, it's the pace of the guy. Hansen has serious pace. I mean, he was well behind three or four Scarlet's guys. You know, when that kick went through, he was just an absolute flyer. And I think very yeah, he he had the pressure. He had he had downward pressure at the end. Yeah, he's very deceptive speed, doesn't he, uh, Liam? And I suppose Johnny McNichol made a massive attempt. To get back, and to be honest, I don't know how the TMO really gave that. To be fair, it was just I thought very, very close. Again, probably going with the attacking side here, but I mean, the kick in behind from Carty, you know, you know, really good. I mean, Carty particularly, his open play was again excellent for Connacht, and I think it really caps a great kind of few weeks for Connacht, I suppose. They can look at the Leinster Rugby as maybe a lost opportunity, but they beat Munster Rugby. They've won this game here 36-14 very comprehensively. And an awful lot of the key guys are really turning up here. And I was really impressed by David Hawkshaw as well uh, here, Liam. A guy that really has the raw talent, the potential. We've seen in the under-20s. But he needed game minutes. Good-looking thanks. He's, you know, with likes of Gary Ringrose, Robbie Henshaw, in the Irish ranks, going to be ahead of him in Leinster. He makes the move to Galway. And to be honest, I don't think he's put a foot wrong since being with Connacht this season. Yeah, and he's, he's a lovely interplay. And that's the key about it. Like, of all the Irish provinces, even, even Leinster, it's the interplay between uh, Hawkshaw and, and Carty is just is taking their, their play to another level, actually. Yeah, no, it's been good. And plus the fact that he has a great kick game as well. And kick off the tee as well. I mean, he did try a temp try at the end there. It's tricky conditions at the best of time here in the sports ground. So I think all in all, I think job well and truly done here. I've been impressed an awful lot with the Connacht pack. It seems a much more cohesive unit this season than it was last season. They are really wreaking havoc in terms of line out set piece. Niall Murray, you know, really kind of coming to the fore here as well. So I think to be perfectly fair here, Liam, you know, there's a crunch game in Tolan Park on November 26th. I suppose before then, this is the classic Connacht rugby. They're going to the Ospreys. Ospreys are going to be minus a few of the Welsh internationals for that game in Swansea. It's a sort of game here in the past that Connacht have basically stepped up on. And I think the comments from the Connacht rugby camp have been this week, we can't let history repeat itself. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see if Connacht can make this three wins out of the last four 
uh, with a very professional performance against the Ospreys, who this time of year always pull up a result that you don't expect. Yeah, they do, they do, of course. And the Ospreys, you know, oftentimes are, are an extremely talented squad. And the, the only thing I'd say is that, again, you know, there's nothing like only a few points between between them. Um, between five or six teams there, so it's 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 key, um, Benetton as well. So yeah, they've they've, they've got to get keep getting those wins. I think it's a key one here for Connacht. A loss here really does undo an awful lot of the good work they've done in recent weeks, particularly against Munster, particularly against Scarlets. It's these away games where they need to get a few notable marquee road trip wins. And uh, yeah, they're currently on nine points, two wins, four losses after six games here. So I think it's a very much imperative here for Connacht to climb up that ladder a little bit. As you say, a bit like Munster this weekend, get the win, keep in that chasing pack in that mid-table pack, because things will definitely develop a little bit more after the November Test Match International Series. I suppose Ospreys are currently in 10th place, uh, 12 points, one win, uh, two draws, and three losses. So... Again, maybe a season-defining fixture for both of these teams. But again, Connacht Rugby have an awful lot of motivation here, given the form, how they've been playing, particularly against Leicester Rugby. They showed an awful lot of good signs here, particularly in their physicality, particularly in their line speed. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, and again, they've kind of showed, backed it up here with a very comprehensive win against the Scarlets. I suppose, Liam, we can go maybe into the round seven games here. What really stands out for you? I mean, we've kind of mentioned Munster-Ulster. We've mentioned the Ospreys-Connacht game. Any other games here really kind of catching your imagination this weekend? Yeah, I, don't, I, I suppose like going through them, yeah. Just, I just I like, always like to see the, the Stormers, right? So <laughs> I just like in terms of rugby fans, like, so that's, that's always good to see. So, um, but I suppose, look, the Bulls and the Sharks... That to me is intriguing. I mean, I mean, I mean, two teams are going to be laden full of, of of top quality players, and the Sharks, you know, they're they're in seventh spot, but you get the feeling that they're going to go on a major run for the rest of the season, um, and pick up points. Um, Cardiff Edinburgh is going to be, I get the feeling it's going to be a, absolutely another smashing game. Cardiff have beaten uh, the Stormers there last week. Um, two teams that definitely play. Some some great open rugby, even even you'd have to get any goal. And I get excited to be honest because even dragons uh, zebra, you know, <laughs> bottom of the table thing. But like you know, there's there's a there's just a lot at stake, isn't there? Um, and then you have uh, I suppose Emirates Lions and and the Stormers again. Um, yeah, uh, Scarlets have to again. You, you get the feeling they have to do something at home to Leinster. It's just it just has to happen. So I, I I'm just I'm looking forward to nearly all the games to be honest. Yeah, I think there's a subplot in every one of them here, Liam. I'm even looking at Glasgow Warriors, Benetton, Novo Virus hit Glasgow Warriors uh, against Benetton, who've hit the skids, Liam. Let's not kid ourselves with Benetton. Had a good start the season, but there has been a bit of a losing streak here, and uh, particularly in Scotston. Not a place where you want to be kind of uh, getting uh, a result, really. So I think for both teams here, Glasgow are kind of, I think, in a false position for me. They're currently in 12th. Granted, now there is speculation regarding that Ulster and Glasgow Warriors fixtures potentially mightn't be rescheduled. If that is the case, then potential forfeit here. So it's imperative for Glasgow Warriors here to really put on a performance and uh, get a result and even a bonus point against Benetton. 
Benham finishing or currently in ninth at the moment on 14 points. Glasgow Warriors on 12th and 10 points. So I think it's, yeah, the Scarlet's Leinster, I think, really and truly Scarlet's season's up for them. If, like, Leinster are going to come with a very good squad. What we saw from Scarlet's, you can see there's flashes of good play here, but their indiscipline is just literally killing them, uh, particularly against Connacht. So I can't see anything more than a Leinster rugby win. Leinster goes 7 for 7 here. You can imagine the gaps are starting to emerge again from Leinster to the rest of the field here, particularly if Munster could get a result against Ulster. There's a significant gap opening up and Leinster can then start game managing in terms of their squad players. Dragons every as well for me. Um, Dragons coming uh, with a good win against Ospreys last weekend. They have potential to go three wins before the November Test Match Series. JJ Hanrahan has been pretty prominent for the Dragons. Against the Zebri side, who had shown good flashes, but again, they're on a losing streak as well, so it will be very interesting to see. I think from a Dragons perspective, it'll be good for the Welsh regions if they can get a third win. They're in that mid-pack. There's still interest there in terms of their well, the Welsh regions here to get into the playoff spots. So I think that's been a good story for the league this year, that Dragons have been kind of competitive, as we've seen uh, against Munster Rugby. And yeah, the Cardiff Blues have really kind of turned it on as well, Liam. And I mean... We were critical of Munster Rugby in Arms Park, but I mean, Cardiff for us, you know, they are showing their true potential. They've four wins, two losses. I think Dai Young has been doing a great job there. And look, you can see the squad that's there. They're really building momentum now. And again, sixth place right now, a potential win against Edinburgh here. It lifts them into a, probably a top four position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of felt at the start of the season that of the Welsh regions, just looking at the sheer quality the Cardiff have, that did they do the best placed team to uh, qualify for Europe? And I, I think that's going to be the case over the rest of the season. I can't really see the Scarlets or, or the Ospreys doing much. And I, funny enough, the next best team would place team is is Dragons in terms of in terms of in terms of the Welsh regions. They they recruited quite well in the summer as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I take Cardiff to get a good win against Edinburgh. And again, they're right up the table. They're well into the top eight. Um, and they have got a very good coach, as you said, in, in Young as well. Seasoned operator and knows how it is to get the most out of a team. So I think from that perspective, Liam, yeah, I think it would be intriguing because Edinburgh really do play a nice brand of rugby as well. You know, they have high motivations as well here. Three wins, three losses from their first six games. Again, it's probably a key game for an awful lot of teams here, just heading into that kind of break here and really kind of ending this block of fixtures on a big high. So um, I think it'll be intriguing. You know, again, Leinster being the kind of the form side so far. But again, look, you can never discount the South African teams here. You have the Bulls, Stormers, the Sharks, I think, are in a very false position at the moment. <laughs> you can imagine when all those South African internationals are back in Christmas and the new year, they'll be racking up wins as well. So, And same with the Lions as well. You see these South African teams, the four of them are in the top eight. That kind of tells you everything you need to know here about this league. It's going to be even more competitive than it was last year in its debut season. So all to play for. I'm really looking forward to these games, Liam, to be perfectly fair. Um, yeah, no, all to play for in the URC round seven. Looking forward to it immensely. Liam, many thanks for your contributions tonight. Uh, enjoyed the weekend. I imagine you'll be down in Tone Park shouting uh, the guys on uh, against Ulster. Um, have a good weekend. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be cheering them on to, to, to a victory anyway, hopefully. And as you said, other games, crack games ahead for, for all the teams. 
Absolutely. So I suppose next week, Liam, we can come back. We can probably reassess where teams are at after seven rounds of the URC. Who's the winners? Who's the losers here? And who are the teams that are really kind of going to have to kind of pick up the pace here after our November Test Match series? But until then, uh, Liam, thanks very much and have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.